while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave him gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there were no place for them in the inn. The word of the Lord. Continuing in Luke. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with angel, the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Glory, Glory to, to God, God in the highest heaven, heaven and, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The Christmas reading from Luke 2. When the angels left them and had gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made it known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, tonight, finally, our Advent waiting is over. And it is, uh, or at least by the time we walk out of here, it will be officially Christmas, Christmas Day, which, if you believe the songs, is the most wonderful time of the year, so I'm told. Really, of all of the holidays you can think of, none of the other holidays are built up quite as much as Christmas, in, in the U.S. anyways. I don't know of any other holiday where we decorate our houses quite as much as we do for Christmas. Maybe Halloween, a few people go all out for that. But otherwise, it's really just Christmas. And in fact, I heard reports this year, and you can tell me uh, if this is true for you. I heard reports that on November 1st, there were stores that were already playing Christmas songs in their stores. Did you, did you encounter this on November 1st? It wasn't even Advent yet. I mean, it was quite a, quite a ways ahead. But there's all of this buildup and this expectation, right? Uh, you watch any Christmas movie, which have, you know, been marathons now for a month now, and uh, Christmas is all about magic, right? It's about this magical, it's about everything working out the way that it's supposed to, about uh, people believing, about people uh, being reunited with one another. I mean, the expectations for Christmas are just so high, so that when the reality of Christmas comes, sometimes it's a little bit of a disappointment. Things don't always quite work out as well in real life as they seem to in all of those Christmas movies. It, it sort of reminds me a little bit of childbirth, which seems appropriate given what we're celebrating tonight. But uh, when you're expecting your first 
child, and uh, some of you may remember this, when you're expecting your first child, you have all of these plans for how it's going to go. I mean, you're, you're just so excited and you're anxious, of course, and you're, you're looking forward to this, but you think about, you know, when we were having, uh, when we were pregnant with Eliana, we were thinking about what our birth plan was. You know, what's, what's it going to look like? Where are we going to go? Who's going to be there for it? Uh, what's going to happen right afterward? You know, uh, what are we going to feed the baby? You know, how are we going to use formula? You know, all of these plans that we have. But then when the actual event comes, things don't often go quite the way you think they're going to go. Your plans and your eager expectations and every, all of the goals that you had, suddenly they become uh, shifted a bit. Sometimes, I hate to say it, it can be a little disappointing when parenthood and uh, giving and childbirth and the whole experience around that doesn't quite match up to what you thought it was going to be. The mother who uh, intended to uh, have an all-natural childbirth, for example, because of complications, has to have a C-section. Or uh, the mother who was so excited to breastfeed their baby right away discovers that breastfeeding is not always easy or as pleasant as they thought it was going to be. Or the parents who have a child who's born with an unexpected disability all of a sudden have to revise the plans and the hopes that they had for that child right on the fly. Now, if there was ever anyone, I think, who had a reason to be disappointed with the circumstances of her childbirth, it might have been Mary. I mean, imagine the expectation that Mary must have had set up for her. An angel, a named angel, there's only a couple angels that get names in the Bible. Gabriel comes to Mary and he greets her and he says, you are going to have a son. They will call him the son of God. Mary's, of course, saying this is impossible. I haven't been with Joseph yet, but, she, but the angel says, God will do this. The Holy Spirit uh, will make this happen for you, and he will be the Messiah. He will save his people. I mean, there's not many higher expectations than that. And as the story goes on, this promise keeps getting confirmed. Her cousin Elizabeth uh, confirms it. Another angel, actually the same angel, comes to uh, Joseph later on and confirms it to him in a dream. So you can imagine that when the reality of Jesus' birth happens, it doesn't quite live up to those expectations as much. I mean, first off, they have to travel in the third trimester by foot, uh, 70 or so miles from uh, this town of Nazareth in the north, little village, to this little village of Bethlehem down in the south. And they don't even have to for any reason they really want to. There's a foreign emperor. The Roman emperor has made a decree that everybody in the empire has to be taxed. And so uh, way out in the outskirts in Judea, these people have to travel in the third trimester of Mary's pregnancy. So that's uh, first strike. That's certainly not part of the plan. Then when they get to Bethlehem, where they assume there's going to be a room or, or somewhere that they can stay, there's nothing available for them. So they have to go into, all pla- of all places, a stable. Again, that's not quite where you hope to be. And then, of course, luck would have it, babies come on their own timing. While they're there, this is when that little baby Jesus decides it's time to be born. And so she has to give birth to her firstborn child. She's never done this before. She has to give birth to her firstborn child in a stable. And where do they have to lay him? In a feeding trough. Hopefully they cleaned it out first. You can imagine that Mary might have been a little disappointed. This didn't quite seem like the sort of birth the Son of God was going to have, and yet here she is. 
You know, I wonder if it was hard for her to believe the promise in that moment. I wonder if it was hard for her to trust that God actually meant all of this stuff that he had been saying to her through these angels. I mean, was Jesus really so important if God let him be born in a manger? Was Jesus really so important if the first visitors who come to see him are shepherds who have been out camping with their sheep for who knows how long? Shepherds were not known for their cleanliness. Hi, are you coming to visit? You want to come sit up in the front or do you want to go back with your mom? Huh? Can I pick you up and take you back to your mom? Yeah, come on. Let's walk. So shepherds, not known for their cleanliness. Uh, they're not known... Yes, you're welcome. They're not known uh, for, their, uh, for their manners. They're not known for being the sort of people you want uh, around your newborn child and uh, this tired mother. And yet they're the ones who are sent by God to come and see this child. <laughs> you can imagine that Mary might be a little disappointed. So maybe that's why God keeps sending messengers to Mary. So if you remember the story, Mary gets this message from the angel, and she doesn't quite believe it, but then she says, okay, let it be according to your word to the angel that she's going to be pregnant. And then she immediately goes to her cousin, Elizabeth, who's in her, uh, who has become pregnant in her old age, far beyond the normal childbearing years. She's in her sixth month of pregnancy already. Mary immediately goes to Elizabeth. And if you remember the story, she greets Elizabeth. She says hello or whatever. And Elizabeth immediately feels the baby in her belly jump with joy. And she knows somehow miraculously that Mary is pregnant. Mary's certainly not even showing yet, but knows that Mary is pregnant. And what's more, knows that this baby is the son of God. Blessed are you among women, Elizabeth says, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? Suddenly the promise is confirmed for Mary. God sends a messenger to her. Then on Christmas night, God sends another messenger. When everything seems like it's going wrong, when Mary has just given birth in a stable, laid baby Jesus in a manger, God sends an angel to shepherds. And the angel says right away what he's doing. He says, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. Or you could translate that really literally, I am evangelizing you with great joy. For one has been born who is for all people. I am evangelizing you, the angel says. I am bringing this promise to you so that you can then carry it back to Mary and Joseph. So the angel evangelizes the shepherds. The shepherds then go, well, let's go see what this is about. And they tell what's happening. And it says everyone who was there, which includes Mary and Joseph, marveled at the story that the shepherds told. Once again, the promise gets reminded, gets evangelized to Mary, and to Joseph. You know, often the reality of Christmas doesn't quite match up to our expectations. The plans that we had didn't quite go according to plan. We didn't get all the decorations out that we meant to. We were uh, late getting our Christmas cards out. We didn't get that one present that we had planned to get for that person. Maybe the family members that we wanted to see uh, aren't coming for who knows what reason or the ones we don't want to see are coming. <laughs> or maybe it's the first Christmas without a loved one. The reality of Christmas can sometimes be a disappointment, and sometimes it's hard to trust in the promise of Christmas. 
Sometimes it's hard to believe that this baby born 2,000 years ago, more now, was really born for us, or that God really meant the promises that God gave, or that God would really be faithful to keep them for me and for you. And so God keeps sending messengers. God keeps evangelizing us. He evangelizes us uh, all over the place and through all sorts of different means, through scripture, through uh, even Christmas ornaments occasionally, through uh, the words of, of prayer, the words of a friend, of a neighbor, of a pastor, reminding us of the promise that we have been given. God evangelizes us day in and day out, week in and week out, through ordinary means and through extraordinary means, through the sacraments, the sacrament of communion, which we will be having later tonight, the sacrament of baptism, which is poured over us, the promise which is applied to us in which we live our lives. God provides for us through family, through friends, through strangers. God evangelizes us again and again, all so that we can trust in this promise. And know that Christmas, whenever the reality doesn't meet the expectations, is still a celebration of a promise of a child of God in the flesh who has come to be with you. This God would not let anything stand in between him and you. This God would not be put off by your sin. This good God would not be slowed down by death, but rather this God has come. And in the name of Jesus Christ, he has forgiven you. You Stand before him now as his child, his beloved, his chosen. And all this because 2,000 some years ago, a child was born on Christmas in a stable and laid in a manger of all places. As hard as it is to believe, this promise is for you and God's not going to rest until he helps you believe it all the way through. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.